Is it true that a dog's mouth is cleaner than a human's mouth? Dr. Sandy, can you weigh in on this? Yeah, this is very important information. With the teeth that I see on some of these dogs, I'm not quite sure I would agree with that one. Yes. So here's what I think. I think that's the way my wife justifies letting the dog lick her in the face. How's that licking faces? (laughs) You allow... I'm guilty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like here, but... When people make out with their best. Yeah, that's a little too much. Oh my gosh. No. When you like your dog, like you get down. Yeah, they're dog, looking your face. And then the dog, dog you out. make that noise and they're like, we're going <laughs> to. I think you want me to lick you. I think that's got to be what they think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll lick you now. It's universal. Dogs seem to know. That's the universal language. It is, right? They do so much with their mouths, right? That's how they communicate with each other. And then when they clean their butts with that tongue, and then they want to kiss you. With it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Guys Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit guyswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Well, welcome to today's show. I'm Joe. I'm Josh. And this is the show where we help you get unstuck, tell a better story, and have a good answer to the question, what are you doing today? We have our guest host, Maddie Blanchard, back with us. Maddie. Oh my gosh, here we go again. I'm so excited. <laughs> Very excited. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh-huh. And today's and guest? Dr. Cindy. Hey. Hey. Cindy, we're excited <laughs> to talk to you. Now, Josh, you know Dr. Cindy because you use her services, correct? I do. We have a five-month-old English field cocker, and Dr. Cindy is our local veterinarian. Yes. Is that how you say it? Veterinarian? Veterinarian. That's correct. Veterinarian. And she's wonderful. So you don't oh, say veterinarian? You. You're not supposed to. Vet- you say veterinarian, vet. I mean, most people say, veterinarian. who's yeah. your vet? Yeah. What's the wildest way you've ever heard it pronounced? <gasps> Veteran. Veteran. I, I, veteran? It's, it's funny because veteran, a lot of my staff would get, whenever they'd have those like veteran days, like, you know, hey, veterans get a free coffee or whatever. They're like, hey, it's your day. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not a veteran. Sorry. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, that sorry. kind of juicy well, story. Right in and thank you for your service. Um, you so we're here with Dr. Cindy Johnson. Did it start out with like a childhood love for animals? Like every little girl wants to be a vet? Yeah. I, I mean, I. But you did it. I, I did it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, veterinarian was not something I had really thought about until mm-hmm. college. I always knew I wanted to do something with animals, whether it was, I thought marine biology, zoology, something kind of exciting like that. And I really didn't even think about vet school until I started looking at colleges for undergrad. And I started going on the tours and talking to all the professors and yeah. they said, well, have you thought about vet school? And my first response was like, Ugh, that's another four years of school. Like, I just want to get done and be out in the world. But then, and I'll go through like the sappy story of how I really wanted to become a veterinarian. My dog had gotten hit by a car when, like my senior year in high school. And so we had to rehab him back to, to mm. walk again. And that's when I was like, oh, I'm really feeling like this is where I need to go. So, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your, your practice. Well, I have been open. I've actually been open a year. So I opened up. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. you. Yeah, I got the first year done. Yeah. Is it as hard as everybody says opening your first uh, thing for a year? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you can't see faces because mm-hmm. you're listening. But it, the answer was obvious before she said it. Yeah. And there's going to be a party. Is there? Yes. We Ooh. are going to have a big Halloween celebration October 27th. I'm, I'm, we're just going to do like, you know, costume contests with dogs and the kids. And oh, yeah. Fun. Hopefully get food trucks out there. And I'm kind of teaming up with. There's a local dentist that's there along with Edward Jones and some other businesses coming in that we're hoping to kind of expose Like they're close everybody. to you, like physically? We're all in the same building. In the same park. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. A little yeah. sense of community. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. So we're, it's like kind of like, yeah, community networking. Just kind of want a big party to celebrate. October 27th. Yes. I'm going to put that in the calendar right yeah. now. Perfect. Yeah, me and Lowell's are going to be there. Oh, you have one now? <laughs> yeah, you have, have a little pooch? since we, do you remember me saying, I want a dog? Yeah, and yeah. I tried to give you that? mine and you didn't take it. And then I just got one put in my arms like a couple of weeks ago. It was wild. So it, you've been open for a year now, mm-hmm. but you had, you moved to the Triangle, you said 10 years ago? I did, yes. When you first moved here, what were you doing? Well, I was working for another veterinarian. So I had been at the same clinic for the past nine years. So I graduated vet school, worked for a year in Ohio, and then moved down here. I'd always had that thought I wanted to open my own practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I had had originally had that dream from the minute I graduated. I moved down here and I was married at the time. And 
things didn't go as planned. And I, we had, I had this dream. We, we, we had this whole dream of, okay, I'm going to work for a couple of years. Then we're going to open up this vet clinic. Mm. Everything's, you know, this was the plan. Well, you know, life kind of gets in the way and end up going through a divorce. And so I kind of put that dream on the back burner and I just kind of got stuck and I kept kind of trucking along with where I was at with my job. And over the years, I got into a lot of personal development, look at listening to podcasts like these, reading a lot of different books. I had gotten involved with lots of different groups where I was able to change my mindset. Yeah. And it kind of got to a point in my job where I just wasn't fulfilled, wasn't able to do what I wanted to do with my job and what I wanted to do in the veterinary field. A friend of mine actually had mentioned, you know, Apex would be a great area. You should really think about opening a clinic here. And so kind of, of good living. Yeah. The peak of good living. And it just kind of sparked that dream again between that and not being fulfilled with where I was at. I realized, yeah, this is, I think this is what I want to do. started my journey of, it was, I think the summer of 2016 is when that dream kind of came back again. So that's only three years. That's not a long time. You've yeah. been busy. Yeah, I've been busy. Yeah. My plan was actually to open up like a lot sooner, but things don't always, again, don't go as planned. So I had talked to several people, a lot of veterinarians. Everyone was very supportive of it. And it's really kind of cool what once you open up that idea or that dream, you put it out there in the universe, how so many doors yeah. start opening up. So yeah, it is a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Like just talking about it seems to make it more real yeah, somehow. Like it does. saying it in front of other people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's accountability or what. It's the word, the power of the spoken word. Yeah. The power of a thought first, right? Creation, so, right? Creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then write that down and see what magic happens. Oh, yeah. Take it there. Take it there. I want to pick a little bit more because yeah. you were mentioning things not going the way you wanted. Mm-hmm. What was going on in your life at the time back in like 2016 when you're saying you you didn't get to do the kind of things that you wanted to do mm-hmm. in your in your practice? What was kind of the catalyst, the things that getting you off the fence to be like, yeah. all right, it's time to make a change? Part of it was I felt like my workplace was a very, was a, it was a toxic environment. It wasn't a place where I could grow personally and professionally. Yeah. You know, I had, I mean, my boss was really nice man, uh, got along with when we worked great together when we were together. I just, I wasn't feeling like I could grow. And like I said, just very toxic to the point where I dreaded going to work and I was just dragging my feet to get there. I've always, I love helping out the community. I, I was fortunate enough to start off working with a rescue cause for pause, the first clinic I was at, and have made a great relationship and connections with them. I'm actually on their board now. And just going, helping out with them and being involved, going to their events and helping out all their rescues, seeing these rescue pets get into their new homes and meeting yeah. the new families or having some of these strange cases where I'm like, okay, now I have to figure this out and piece it together. And then seeing the progress and right. knowing that, okay, I helped this rescue animal come from, you know, getting right out of that shelter to its new home. And it was just very fulfilling. So I wanted to do more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, you know, where I was at, it just it wasn't a possibility. And even medicine-wise, uh, I was going, in summer of 2016, I went through a animal chiropractic program. So between that and then even changing the mindset of where I was at to yeah. where I had grown, I, it just I, I knew I wanted more out of life. And business has always been interesting to me. And it's a challenge because in vet school, they don't teach you anything about business. So to, they teach you how to be a vet, not how to exa- run a vet. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, they have they have a veterinary business group that, you know, they would have speakers come in. I think they're doing more now as the years have gone on. But, you know, it was, to me, it was a challenge. It's, you know, and I wanted to create environments for like a welcoming environment for my staff, for my clients. I wanted to have a whole different atmosphere of people coming in and feeling like they are at home that they are comfortable and not having this kind of sterile environment. So it was really kind of fun to create that. Yeah. It's the first time I had seen a um, private room for owners to sit and, you know, if they have to make decisions, there's this private room and it walked in and you had just opened up and we had a, a little tour and immediately could just feel the love, you know, and the thought of how everything was laid out like Cindy just said when I met Cindy and she just gave me that tour I just wanted to help her in any way I could thank you I appreciate that there's some sad 
decisions that have to happen in veterinarian offices. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think if you haven't had to put a dog down, have you had to put a dog down? Oh, yeah. I'm not a real touchy feely kind of guy. And it hit me so much harder than I thought it would to one, take the sick dog, like just the act of taking the dog there. And I love what you're saying because there was a moment where I was in line at PetSmart holding my dying dog, waiting in line. I need some help, man. Somebody help me out. Like (laughs) it was just weird. It was not great. But ultimately, once I got in there, I thought, the particular doctor that I had, so it wasn't PetSmart, it was the person. Uh, they just did a great job. Just empathizing with what's going on and helping unpack what's going on in the doggy's life and and what the next steps could be and couldn't be without forcing stuff and being like, they weren't salesmen-y kind of stuff. But it made me think, that's uh, that's probably like the bedside manner of veterinarians that a lot of people don't think about. Like you're, you could be there in a moment where people love their pets, like love them. But I remember like, I don't cry often. But I did cry when that when they put the dog down oh, and yeah. they l- let you have a moment with the dog to say goodbye and everything. Yeah. And I did it without the family because I didn't want them there because I thought that would be tough. They said goodbye to the puppy earlier. You're making and, me uh, cry, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're legit. My eyes are willing up. Um, yeah. McLean actually rolled on the floor. McLean's my nine-year-old daughter. She laid on the floor last night and went, Mommy, you love Lolly more than me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, mm. Lolly doesn't answer me, but obviously I love my child. Yeah. <laughs> I have a six-year-old, and we have this puppy, Tank. And when we first had Tank in, around the house, uh, Mommy threatened to take Tank away because she was. we were attempting to discipline Eli and Tank for doing some things that puppies do. And she made a comment at nighttime that she was going to give that dog away. So we went to bed without resolving that those words were not true. And middle of the night, he woke up in a nightmare, screaming and crying Tank's name, saying, Tank, Tank. And then we brought him to, it was several minutes of getting him out of this sort of stupor, right? This dream. And he said, Mommy, you're not going to give him away, are you? Like, really crying. And it was like, at that moment, I realized that puppy was already ingrained deep inside of his psychology. Like, it's something very special. I was both thankful for and challenged to uh, maintain in a sense so so yeah so having that love and that understanding that empathy within a, a, a veterinarian a clinic shall we say mm-hmm. yeah is is not every one of them has that yeah uh, and i just factor. realized we haven't we haven't mentioned that it's peak city yeah, yeah. let's yeah. talk about it yeah <laughs> what's the name of this place like, yo that, that yeah. sounds great i would love to go visit that man. yeah peak city veterinarian hospital peak city veterinarian <laughs> hospital yeah so you mentioned earlier that you felt like you were stuck. Mm-hmm. I'm really fascinated with that terminology because that's yeah. kind of one of the things we focus on on the show is getting unstuck. Yeah. You mentioned some of the things that were building blocks to getting unstuck. Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned discontentment and you mentioned investing in like personal education. I think you called it mindset. I think yeah. that's a big thing. Were there, were there any other kind of contributing factors to feeling like you help, help get you unstuck? Well, I think health. I mean, I've always been an active person but I I kind of had just gotten more into eating more consciously working out and having working with a trainer to I physically felt better but and just honestly it's a lot of support I had I have been fortunate with um, amazing support from friends and family so what do you think is the most impactful lesson that you learn from friends and family or mentors when it comes to getting unstuck and starting peak city patience. I've had to learn to have a lot of patience. You know, like I said, I'd started having this dream in 2016 and I was like, yeah, I'm going to open up spring of 2017. And, you know, everything was going great. I'd gotten a loan, started working with a real estate agent and then, you know, nothing was popping up. I knew the area exactly I wanted to do in south of 55 in that Publix area because there was no veterinary clinic in that area. Mm-hmm. And I was dead set. And of course, you know, like nothing was popping up. And, you know, so then it kind of, you know, eventually just had to stay patient and fortunately made a great connection to where I'm at now. And that door opened up. And so then it was like, well, we're not going to be open till you know, spring of 2018. And I'm like, oh, that's not what I wanted. But then yeah, I had to just let go of the process. So having a lot of patience to know that, okay, I have this dream and I just have to stay patient for that door to open and for it to become real. So patience has been a big thing that I've had to learn and just even letting go of the process. And just, I, I am definitely a person of faith. Church has always been a part of my life. So having to 
have faith, which I can struggle with. I mean, there's some days that, you know, it's stronger than other days, but I have to have faith that it's all going to happen in the time that it's supposed to happen. And I think another thing that I've also learned is to even celebrate the little things. So I've always been one of those people where I'll accomplish something, but then I'd say, oh, but I still have this to get to you. And I still have this, this stuff to do. And, you know, I finally had to be reminded by a life coach I was working with that, you know, hey, you know what, you just got this little and like celebrate that, like go treat yourself to ice cream, go get a massage, do something to like celebrate. So that's been a huge thing that I, you know, all the little steps of celebrating of, you know, I accomplished this and this is definitely one step further than where I was yesterday. That's a cool thing. I suck at that. What do you do to celebrate? Oh my gosh, I'm (laughs) so excited by that. I I want to celebrate all kinds of things, but we've talked a lot about one of the things that, Cindy shares and talks to me a lot about and I really appreciate is the accountability and community she has in her life that walk with her that are able to redirect and she trusts and you know to create this and to to do something different but I love this celebration thing I think I need to I was actually I was thinking gosh I need a massage (laughs) (laughs) don't go you need to go do it yeah Yeah. I just started taking kind of a business coaching class with a team nimbus Bill Davis and uh, one of the things that he mentioned that really hit me hard that I need to get better at is he said when you set a goal you should also set the reward and the reward should match the goal I'm the kind of guy that like will set a huge goal and then the reward will be like, and now I get to watch two hours of TV uninterrupted will be like my celebration. And, and I think the point that he was trying to make, and I think it's a good point, is like, it's it's not very motivating because like, I'm kind of like you in some senses where I get something big done and I'm like, yeah, but I didn't quite do it. I got 95% of what it was. And so all these reasons. And I think that I know that really bugs my wife when I talk like that. Like, hey, that big thing just happened. Yeah, but, but, and, you know, just not taking the time to celebrate. Me, 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 me. Whack. I like what you said. You said three things, patience. And then one thing that just kind of seemed to argue with patience, which is like letting go of the plan. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I kind of look at, I can actually see the overlap between the two of them because- in order for me to let go of that process, sometimes I feel like I have to have that patience to know that, okay, if I let go of it, mm. it might not be on that time frame that I want it. So I do have to have that patience in the long term to, to know that it's going to come. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes what we end up getting is what we need and not what we wanted. And so how do you build in that flexibility into your into your plan. There's this illusion out there. We were talking before we started about social media. There's an illusion of what the perfect way to live your life is, the perfect way to parent, the perfect way to be in a marriage, the perfect way to run a business. And that's really what it is. It's an illusion. And because nobody's really doing that, they might put it on social media that it's looking that way, but we all have stuff that we're struggling with. We all have the need for patience. We all have Mm -hmm. the need for faith. We all have the need to kind of let go of some stuff every once in a while. That's just normal part of life. Uh, I am curious. You went from this mode of working in somebody else's business, Mm -hmm. being an expert in your field. I love that you spent like almost a full decade getting experience before you branched out on your own. So you already knew what you were doing. And then you went from the mindset of working in a business to working on a business. How different is that? Oh, it's way different. (laughs) Yeah. And, And I knew opening, I knew opening this practice that it wasn't going to be easy. Uh, I knew it would probably be more stressful, but it's my stress that I could deal with. And so at the end of the day, the only person I have to blame is myself if something goes wrong. But it's also, I feel like it's a healthier stress for me compared to a stress that I have when I'm working under somebody else because Mm -hmm. I can control it. And I also am trying to create an environment where I'm at, where I can deal with it in a better way. You know, I... The even like when I physically built my building, I'm a huge fan of wake windows. Like I love sunlight. So I wanted to make sure my building had a lot of sunlight, a lot of warm colors so that when, cause it's a stressful field, you know, my staff gets burnt out. I mean, we are always go, go, go. We deal with the euthanasias and the sick pets. And we also see, you know, the, the fun stuff too, like the puppies and kittens. So I physically wanted to create an environment 
I try to do fun things for my staff, you know, to kind of lighten them up so that we can deal with stress differently. Taking them to the tiger rescue this weekend for like our one year anniversary. I've set goals for them of, hey, this is what, this is a goal I want for our clinic. And if you hit it, I'm going to treat you guys to lunch or I'm going to get you guys a gift card. And this month they've kind of blasted those out of the water. So they get excited. And so I think that helps alleviate some of the stress. But it's definitely way different being a business owner because I have to have my hand in so many different mm. things. I have to, have to wear a lot of different hats. I have to have, you know, there's the business owner, there's still the friend, there's the vet, there's, you know, and, and it's difficult to know what hat to put on. And it's been definitely a transition because I've had some staff members who came with me from my previous clinic who I had more of a friendship Mm. A relationship. So to go from like that associate friendship to boss, that's been a transition. And it's been a little bumpy, but, you know, we've fortunately been able to work it out. And I have amazing staff members that I, you know, I went and trade for the world. And it's it's been a huge learning process for me. Now, there's still a lot of things with business that I am continually learning every day. And do you feel like you're still going uphill? It does feel more stable. Yeah. Okay. I still feel like I'm on maybe not as much of a hill, but yeah, I mean, I <laughs> it's still a feel- a slight incline. It's a slight incline. Yeah. It's a five uh, mile long hill <laughs> with a 2% grade. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, and, and I've also learned that I can't do everything that I, that I have to, that even if I have to pay some, uh, someone else to do something that's worth it, like getting a good CPA or- um, a payroll company mm-hmm. or trusting that, you know, I had veterinary assistant to do all my inventories. So I've had to let go and to say, okay, it's worth it to like yeah. kind of spread that out to other people. I feel like I get to, I get to help out small businesses. It's kind of what I do as well. And, um, one of my favorite stories from a client, yeah, you remember Dave Shea? Oh yeah. Dave Shea came on the show and talked about how hustle almost killed him. Kind of what similar does thing. Dave Shea do? He's a wedding photographer. Love it. And he's like one of the the best wedding photographers on the East Coast. Oh, he's Coast. like a brand ambassador for camera manufacturers, lighting companies, yeah. stuff like that. And he's local. He approached me to help him with his website. And I thought he was just a very smart business owner. He was like, I could have done it myself. Like I did my last one myself. And then I ran how long it would take me to do it. And I put in what my hourly rate is. And I'm like, I would like to pay you instead. And I think that's the thing like small business owners forget all the time. Like that's just one example. But yeah, you can do it because you're smart. Like you're a bootstrapper. You can get it done. Right. But is that the thing you should be doing with your time versus paying somebody? The other benefit of paying somebody is like, that's what they do. And so it's probably going to be better. I, I also am not good at that. Of letting other people do stuff. Yeah, you're not. Work on that. <laughs> <laughs> you're a of all trades. <laughs> Was there a time in the last year, first year opening your business, a challenging situation or mistake that could have like wrecked the whole thing or ended in failure, but you persisted and you made it through, had to make some tough decisions and come out on the other end. I would say like when my first month when I was there, I had just had this like awful week where I just was emotionally drained and I questioned whether I needed to do this. I, it was, it was just one of those weeks where, you know, we had been really busy, but then I unfortunately had some cases that, had passed away on me and, or I had to euthanize. And it's just, it was a lot mentally to have to take in. And just, I can remember being in my office, just like breaking down and crying and just being like, why did, you know, was this really what I should be doing? Was I ready for all this when it all happened? You know, and again, I, you know, I have such a good staff. I have such great staff members that I was able to say, Hey, I need, I need to take like 30 minutes away from the clinic and to be able to kind of collect myself again and then come back and say, okay, I had to switch that mindset of like, you know, yeah, I had to euthanize this dog, but who he was a patient of mine for years. And, but knowing that I had helped him alleviate his pain and his suffering. So it, it almost was a point where I questioned whether I should continue doing this, but you know, able to switch it a little bit quicker to know that, nope, this is where I needed to go and this is where I'm supposed to be. And there's been days where it's been like weeks where it's been slow and I worry. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you know, we don't have as many clients. Like, you know, is everything to continue to do well? Or we have a, you know, I would have a slower month than I, what I had before. And, but I really think at the end of the day, I know this is where I'm supposed to be. And I know that doors opened up for me for a reason. And as many times as I had hit someplace where, I didn't, you know, where one door closed, another door would open. 
So uh, a better door, a better door, exactly. <laughs> and um, and I and I truly love what I do. So it's there's never been a moment where I've completely been like I'm done, but there's been moments where it's been frustrating. This show is produced at Podcast Carry, a professional studio making podcasting simple and fun. Located in Vibe Coworking in Cary, North Carolina. Want to start a podcast to create great content for your business and establish yourself as a thought leader in your city? Go to podcastcarry.com, connect with your audience, grow your brand. And then just having the persistence or patience to make it through. I think that's, mm-hmm. you keep mentioning mindset and I think that's got to be such a huge yeah. part of it. I think as, so I became a solopreneur like in January and it's so easy to fall into the temptation of making, like universalizing your weaker month and being like, this is the new normal. So you have a bad one. You're like, what did I do? Or you have a good one and you're like, I should hire a bunch of people. And uh, there's like challenges on both end of it. But when you're the business owner, I think you have to adopt a longer mentality. Mm-hmm. I agree. And weathering the storms and there'll be good times and there'll be lean times and there'll be, and that's not something you have to think about when you're a salary employee because you get that check whether the business is doing good or not. <laughs> yeah. And I think a big thing for me for mindset, I mean, because it's been such a huge thing for me personally, but I, being in the veterinary world, I, veterinarians have ha- have the highest rate of suicide really? in professions. What? Yeah. So just because we have to deal with the euthanasias and the sick pets, but we, because we're going through the act of actually, you know, putting an animal down or, yeah. you know, we run, you know. Well, that is a lot different cases. than doctors because doctors mm-hmm. don't euthanize. Right. Yeah. You know, they do everything they can and then they yeah. do not resuscitate, which right. is different. It is. Yeah. So, and, and that's, I mean, going into this and I knew I have, I have to make sure I take care of myself mentally yeah. because I, you know, you know, obviously I don't ever want to go down that road, but, you know, I want to be able to be a good advocate for mm-hmm. the veterinary field to say, hey, you know what, like. You, you know, I am in tough situations and I deal with a lot of tough things, but I can change my mindset and I can change the way I think or look at things yeah. and switch that around so that I don't have any negative thoughts about So do you think your perspective on or appreciation of community comes out of a sort of an armoring yourself against that path or is that something that's in your DNA anyway to seek community? I, I think I think it's both. I've always love to volunteer. I've always loved to be part of the community. That's just, I think that's something my family really kind of instilled in me. I work with several rescues. And so I love being part of that community to, to help out the rescues and, you know, being able to have a clinic where I, if I want to, I can go out and volunteer. Like we had done, you know, collected stuff for the school teachers when, you know, some of the churches in the area were doing that. Yeah. We had, you know, I put out, say, Hey, you know, you know, we're doing stuff for the teachers right now. So drop off stuff. And we got a good amount. We were to kind of drop that off at the church. And, you know, so it's nice that I can, I get to do that. I get to be part of the community. And it's just, yeah. I think it's kind of a therapy for me too. Just, yeah. You know, it helps me feel, it just, it just feels so good to give back. And yeah. I, I, I just love that feeling. I had no idea about the suicide rate mm-hmm. of vets. And it made me think like, like, I can't speak for every pet owner, but I know I had to put my dogs down and I was, I was thankful for the vet, even though they had to do a very tough thing, Mm -hmm. which was, you know, put my puppies down, but in my mind and I can't, so if this offends anybody, everybody's different with their mindset for pets. I'm just going to share like what my mindset was and you can leave a terrible comment if you feel like I'm a horrible person, but my dog had been sick for a long time and it was like either we amputate a leg and she had like cancer all over her body. So like it wasn't going to fix it. Like it was just a temporary thing. And in my mind, I was thinking like, How's, how am I going to look at the dog when she's like, hey, why did you take me to that place? And now I don't have a leg. Like it, it just didn't make sense. Like from from a quality of life standpoint, and I'm sure that's something that comes up a lot. Like Because mm-hmm. yeah. that's a decision that the pet owner has to make. Like what kind of quality life are you comfortable with? And I didn't want my dog to just keep getting sicker and sicker. And although it was a is a sad afternoon, I was very thankful that there was a, somebody that could help out with uh, that situation and in my dog's suffering. And I think that that might be something that a lot of people don't think about. Like we do a lot to thank our doctors and our firefighters and our public servants and people that work in that field. But maybe veterinarians have been overlooked a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Let's celebrate them, starting with you, Dr. Cindy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> was that jazz? <laughs> no, jazz is still alive. That dog oh. is going to live forever. Yeah. Those little dogs, man. 
was like, oh, that's cute. I got it when my daughter was two. She'll take it when she gets married. It'll just oh. be around forever. <laughs> <Little> <laughs> Little Jazz is on CBD oil, right? What are your what are <laughs> fake <laughs> CBD oil? Fake. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, that was that was my dog. That was the uh, Jetta. 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 Yep. And then Roscoe died like a month later. They all had like big growths and tumors, and it was just it was a sad end, you know. And um, is this big growth and tumor thing something we're seeing more of lately? Like we see with people who are eating bad food and habits, or is that something dogs have had all throughout dog history? I think they've it's always had it yeah. all through history. I think it's just now that you know now pets are becoming more a part of the family. So I think people are recognizing them more and kind of being more concerned of like, oh, I see a lump on my dog. I need to bring it in. Versus you know, ten fifteen years ago, people would have been like. Dogs get lumps. We'll just, yeah. yeah, we'll just watch it. Yeah, because so. my wife's from the Philippines, and it's like going over there and living there. Dogs are just on the street, and mm-hmm. nobody has a dog for a pet. Unless right. they're like, the wealthy are now getting them now, and it's like, cool. Right. But it's, it's like this whole, you know, the American thing about like loving them as much as a kid is, you know, you got to be careful with that mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah. also, there's a reason for that, right? They are they're so friends. dang cute. They're so dang, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have so you have, you have dogs and cats, right? I do, yes. So I don't know if this is still true if you've updated your website, but your dog's name is Loki. So is yes. that dog a troublemaker? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, Loki. yes. He definitely lives up to his name. Yeah. Is that after Ryan Loki? Or the swimmer? No, oh, Loki, Marvel yeah, movies. Yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah. The God of Mischief. <laughs> I'm more of an athlete, not a nerd, sorry. Yeah. Have you seen a Marvel movie? Ever? <laughs> the God of Mischief? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So something there. Tom Middleton. Mm-hmm. That's his name, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> So did you know the dog was a troublemaker before he gave his name? Or you I knew it was did coming? not. No, actually one of my vet assistants, when I got in them, I was like, okay, I need a name. Like, and people were giving me names and she said, Loki. And I said, I like that name. And that then, and, but she was looking at more cause she, her family's more Swedish. So she was looking at more like the Norwegian gods of Loki, which I guess are kind of associated with the Marvel stuff. And then you got a cat, you got two cats, you mm-hmm. got Fender and Gibson. So I who do. plays guitar? Oh yeah. I used to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I used to, I, which I need to get back into, but yeah, I used to in high school and, and a little bit in college. So that's fun. I, I used to play guitar too. And mm-hmm. there's still one hanging on my wall, just hanging out up there. Out of tune. Rusty. <laughs> Do you have a guitar now? <laughs> I didn't. I just gave, I, well, no, I don't have it. Well, first step is you need one in the house. I do. I do. I, do. Around, right? I know. Like, I will definitely go out and do that. Right Total. This. Yeah. You know what? My daughter bought Are a you? ukulele. <laughs> and uh, you should try a ukulele. They're do, crazy oh, really? fun. You yeah. got to learn all new chord progressions, but yeah. they're fun. Easy man. to carry around. It's it true. took me like a couple weeks to get the chords down from guitar to learn the new ones with ukulele. But they're tiny and they're fun. They're like sixty bucks to get a kind of nice one. Yeah, you can go to guitar center. Play them by the campfire very easily, <laughs> and sing to the people in your lobby. <laughs> so Actually, there's a video out there, and I can't remember when it was done. But there is a guy. I don't know if he was a veterinarian or if he just worked at a shelter, but like he would play guitar, and that calmed the animals down. Oh yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah. It was kind of cool. Oh. So, just I don't know, maybe that's a little thing. Sarah I McLaughlin would be off the list. It's just, she's ruined anything with pets, so you can <laughs> know Sarah McLaughlin. Maybe some Jack Johnson or something happier. Yeah, if he did the ukulele thing. <laughs> My dog likes Johnny Cash. I can tell. Oh, really? It's yeah. Country. Like when, country. When he's in the kennel in the house and I'm working, I play something more upbeat. Like I like to, you know, and he just like sit up. He's like getting aggravated. And then I put on <laughs> Johnny Cash and he, the acoustic stuff. He just chills out. Yeah. It's interesting how they are attuned to music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Back to the, the processes side of stuff, working on the business. Are there any processes that you wish you would have put in place sooner that you're like, oh, I had no idea that was that important? I would say more the financial education. I, after being in this for a year, I, I finally feel like I have a, a good handle on it, but I feel like I should have been more prepared of mm-hmm. knowing how does QuickBooks works and how does, you know, how do I input that? How do I put this? So uh, I always like to ask a question that sounds similar to this. If you could rewind like a year ago and you could, you could borrow the DeLorean and Marty McFly your way back to the moment you decided I'm doing this for realsies and mm-hmm. you signed the first paper and it became real. Yeah. And knowing what you know now and you had 60 seconds in this made up scenario, what would you tell Dr. Cindy from the past? Oh man, that's, that's, that's tough. Oh, and you got me on that one. A year ago, I would say continue to have faith even in the bad days. You know, that this is, you're meant here to do this and, and it, 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 it's all kind of planned out. So I, don't, I mean, I don't know if I would have, I mean, I've learned so much over the past year. I don't know if I would 
do anything and change anything drastic because I feel like I've learned everything when I've need to learn it. And I've had good, great connections to that have helped guided me and have helped taught me, even though I still don't feel like I'm a hundred percent knowledgeable in the business. I still feel like I'm on track of where I need to be. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know if I would change anything. Isn't that the perfect answer? I always like that answer. Anytime anybody answers the question along the lines of like, I would prevent myself from making these mistakes. I always like to push back and be like, would you though? Because that was what helped you get to where, where you are. What are you most excited about in this second year of business? I'm excited to, I'm to be more involved with the community. Uh, Like I said, I work with a lot of rescues and I love, but I, I really want to kind of branch out to, other sorts of community outreach, whether that's, you know, like my dad has Parkinson's. So being able to go, you know, walk in like the Parkinson's walk and being able to, you know. Yeah, Edwards Jones has a big one. They're in the same apartment or the same renting place as you, right? They do a big Parkinson's walk every year. Who is that? Edward Jones. Edward Jones. Oh, Edward Jones. I didn't know. Okay. We know that because Cole in our group, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He talks about it. They, um, oh, they make it that. as an offering for all of their branches to do. Uh, oh, I don't have to like talk to them. So I, I think, yeah, more community outreach I want to do. Honestly, even just expanding my business, you know, I would love to. Um, Animal it, podcast. The people that leave the music on for their dogs, I do that every once in a while when I know oh, they're yeah. sitting around all day, leave the uh, music on. Yeah. Getting smarter. Leave an animal podcast. Mm. <laughs> that's an idea. It's uh, maybe not one you should pursue, but that's yeah. the other good idea. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, thinking about starting like a blog to just for education for my clients and even doing seminars of like, connecting with some of my dog trainers that they can come out and maybe go over some basic dog obedience and they, mm-hmm. you know, everyone can just kind of come to the clinic and, and learn something that way. And even just expanding the staff of being able to hire more staff, hire another vendor and office manager so that I can, you know, I personally would, you know, want to take a little bit more time off so that I could yeah. go and travel, do my own thing too. Sounds like so. you need some time freed up to do these other efforts as well. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen a dog with rabies? I personally have not. I'm no. just going to start asking some random questions about yeah. things you've experienced. Fortunately, yeah, we I have, have not. Fortunately, have not, which is yeah, good. That's good. Yeah, is I mean, it like Old Yeller? Did you ever see the movie Old Yeller? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh that gosh, was that was impactful. Happened? Yeah, they can it's, watch that. It's an old oh, American movie. Oh, it's sad. Yeah. Old Yeller got rabies. Yeah, just leave it at that. Are you serious? Yeah. I don't think you should watch that movie. No, I don't think so either. I'm over here and I'm in tears just listening to the journey of Dr. Cindy. I don't need to be crying over old yeller. (laughs) What's your puppy's name, Maddie? Uh, Lolly. Lollipop? Lolly Blanchard. Lolly Blanchard. It's Lolly Blanchard. It's one word. Lolly Blanchard. Yeah, it's Lolly Blanchard. What are some crazy pet names? I named my dog JPEG after the file <laughs> extension. Did you? Yeah, um, like the picture. Yeah, what are some crazy names? Crazy names. Uh, let's see. McLean wanted to call Lolly Taylor Swift. Of course she did. <laughs> and then we got Lolly back and I was like, Mac... She is a lolly. Just look at the lolly bloodshed. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. Got it, Mom. <laughs> uh, I see some of the crazy names that I've heard. Um, Not crazy in a bad way but, because they could be listening. Yeah. But crazy in a good way. This <laughs> is a wa- adventurous, <laughs> awesome. I mean, we get a lot. I mean, we get a lot of the typical, you know, Bella and yeah. you know, things like that. Be- I always like some of the ones that are just like Bob. Yeah, or Doug, or yeah. Fred, and I'm like, okay. But and most of the time they like fit, like they like yeah. come in and I'm like, yeah. yeah, you look like a dog. Big personalities. Yeah, exactly. Is it true? I've noticed it's true that like dogs often resemble their owners physically. Like, or do certain, they over time? I think time. I I can definitely see that. See see it, it, right? We'll walk out of a room and we're like, yeah, you can totally tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could match yeah. them in the waiting room. Like that mm-hmm. belongs to that person. Yeah. I actually saw that happen because that dog Jazz that I still have, she's yeah. a tiny. Yorkie poo, Yorkie Shih Tzu, whatever the dog name is for a tiny fluffy dog that looks like Chewbacca. <laughs> shit poo? Shit, shit poo? I don't know. Yeah, sure. A Yorkie shit poo. Yep. We got them from, we bought her and a sister from the same litter at the same time. And one was the runt. So I guess that's kind of different. But man, those dogs grew up different. My parents took the one dog and we took the other dog and it was my youngest daughter's dog. And she's like cute and, you know, sassy and just like getting in trouble. So she kind of looks a lot like my youngest daughter who was her owner. And then my parents' dog, they came from the same litter, looked like completely different and kind of looked like, you know, my dad, honestly. Like, (laughs) 
And it's funny because they came from the same litter, but man, you put them together now and they're like, yeah, they're not, they don't even look like the same breed of dog. No, so th- this is making, all the time. This yeah. is making me think of something. You could consider some sort of, we could do a special podcast episode called Pet Talk with Dr. Cindy <laughs> or uh, one of the trainers or something. That'd be interesting to have folks Pet listening. Talk with Dr. Cindy. Pet Talk with Dr. Cindy. I just like the sound of that. I'll call um, show. What other animals do you service? Any fish? Anything else? <laughs> fish are a little fish? bit slippery, so yeah, no. I don't slippery know. slope there? Yeah, slippery slope there. Is it true yeah. a goldfish loses its me- memory, it forgets its swim across and turns around and does it again? That's what Nemo says. Well, sometimes yeah. people have referred to me as that kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> Nemo said that? Uh, it was in the movie Finding Nemo. Ellen DeGeneres' character Dory was a kind of fish that had like no memory, so she would forget something immediately. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's based on a real. Is it true, Dr. Cindy, you can swallow a goldfish and live to tell about it? I cannot say that I would ever have done that, but have you? I've, I've seen a guy drink one, one before. I have throw it up, and the fish was still swimming. Oh no. my! What do you mean? How would you know it was still swimming? Because it came out of the dude and then swam around some. In all that what? acid, in all that acidic. It, oh no! Uh, it yeah. wasn't in there for like a week or anything. <laughs> I, have, I have a friend I waited tables with back <laughs> in the day, and, it went and he down swallowed and one. And it came of, back out. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I have a friend I waited tables with. Thomas, if you're listening to this, you know it's true. He he <laughs> he, he dared that they dared him. The customer dared him, and he they had a goldfish, and he he swallowed. He was serving their table, and he swallowed this. This is at a lucky thirty-two. Like in the 90s. And he swallowed that goldfish right there. I but, hope he got uh, a and big all the tip. kids cried. So other and so what animals do you service there? Dogs, cats, what else? Gerbils? No, I just do dogs and cats. Dogs and cats. Yeah. That's pretty much that's what people I, have yeah. around. Yeah, I just do dogs and cats. Well, I'm yeah. relieved. Uh, I think the other animals can just, they'll be fine. Has anybody ever showed up with a with a goat? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet, no. That's Fuqua. Oh, yeah. That's a Fuqua thing. <laughs> Although with goat yoga, more people are getting pigs now. Have you seen the, an the increase pig? of I haven't seen, anybody call the them? Goat. Like, I, yeah, I've seen the goat, but not the pig. The I mean, baby pigs. Be, there are some baby calves. No, baby ca- like baby cows. Or, I yeah. don't know. I've seen some little ones on Facebook. <laughs> Probably not real. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you, years and years ago, a long time, I met this lady and she did a talk. She was a vet and she had noticed that these owners would bring in their animals and they would have these they would have ailments and things wrong with them and she talked about how she realized that it was the owners that had the issues and oh you mean like if someone's like my dog is really anxious right <laughs> yes and then and they're really just the, they're just projecting lo and behold <laughs> the the owner gets well and all of a sudden the dog's doing great how about that uh yeah. so and she did this amazing talk and it actually she actually went from treating animals to humans because of that hmm. what are your just thoughts on cbd treatments for animals i know that's a popular market for mm-hmm. cbd oil producers and such what are your what are your thoughts on that I've had several clients that have used CBD more for things like arthritis and pain management. And some of them have seen some good results with. They're still doing all the research out there, you know, in the vet schools and to kind of have that official research to say, yeah, it works out and it helps. I mean, I'm I'm always very open to alternative therapies. I mean, I want to expand my business into acupuncture and Chinese herbs along with my chiropractic. So CBD is something I'm definitely looking into. I think it depends, too, for me where the product came from, yeah. of what's being backed up by that science, if it's, you know, where, where are they getting yeah. their the hemp from, you know. So uh, yeah. for me, I kind of have to I help people kind of be wary where you're getting it from, make sure you're doing your research. Yeah. But, I mean, I've had a couple of pets on it. And so your Peak City Veterinarian Hospital, mm-hmm. we just had a guy in from Peak City yeah, CBD. Yeah, we actually just talked the, uh, the yeah. other day, so we're, I'm hoping there's we're going to meet up soon. cross promotion right, right? there. But he uh, he partnered up with a guy who grows the hemp in Apex. I've been to the farm. He, it's he treats um, the oil. North the farm, of Yeah, you sent a picture yeah. of him in a, in a suit jacket. Yeah, in his lab coat in the, in the middle of a field. In the middle of the world's the largest weed field. The drone like, shop, yeah. It looked like a shot from Narcos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's helicopters swooping down. Oh, yeah. But it's it's not. It's not that kind of marijuana. No, it's the, it's the good sister. <laughs> but that's good. So, what is a day in the life? What does the chiropractic look like when the dog comes in? And maybe talk a listener through a dog. It's, it's very much very similar to humans. So, I'd actually just written an article in Carrie Living about you know, Carrie Living, uh-huh, Carrie Living, and the and the for animal chiropractic of if you get very adjusted, then it's it's very similar. So, you can adjust a dog very similarly to the way that you can adjust a human. I mean, obviously, the I techniques mean, are probably very technically, different. Technically, yes, the, in principle. It's yeah. It was actually interesting because my chiropractor 
Good. You crack I've, bones and stuff in the little puppies? Yeah, I, I don't technically crack them. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, so, Joe. Watch your terminology. Smart. I never claimed I was smart. <laughs> <laughs> but like when you when you adjust them, you hear like popping noises. Like yeah. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, I have a couple. I, got, I have one dog. I treat for his neck. Another one, she has some back issues. And yeah. uh, I mean, I, and I'm still in the process, the learning process again since I've opened my practice. But it's, I mean, I've had clients have some, you know, really Do you get some, some weird it. reaction from the pets? Because I know like for me, like if something cracks or like if somebody, you ever had somebody come up and crack your back and you're like, oh my gosh, oh, that feels great. Like, yeah. <laughs> do the pets react like that? Like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. wait, do, do some more. Yeah, well, they do. I mean, there are, they, I mean, they jump. I have to make sure I have a very good holder with my, yeah. with my technique. You can't explain it to a pet the way you, you can, can a human. Like, know, I'm going to crack, I'm going to adjust this. Right, so they can pot. jump and they might, you know, turn around and try to bite you. So you have to be a little careful about that. But, you know, afterwards, the big thing I watch out for is if after I adjust them, if they shake, like that's their way of like, oh, that feels really good. So like when they shake afterwards, I'm like, all right, I did something because yeah. that, that seems to work. Is it true that a dog's mouth is cleaner than a human's mouth? Did you hear that growing up in England, Maddie? Oh, I don't know if I can quite <laughs> say that. I think, I, I think somewhere along the line I heard that, yeah. Yeah. Until Dr. Sandy, Dr. Sandy, can you weigh in? Yeah, it's very important uh, to weigh yeah, in on this. It's very with, important information. With the, with the teeth that I see on some of these dogs, oh, uh, I'm not yes. quite sure I so, kind of agree with that one. Yes. So here's what I think. I think that's the way my wife justifies letting the dog lick her in the face. How's that licking faces? <laughs> you allow? Uh, I'm guilty. I yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. here, right. but... When people make out with their best. Yeah, that's a little too much. When you're really like, no, TMI, no, man. no. Is that yeah. happening like, nowadays? From a dog's oh, perspective, trying to unpack that. Like, <laughs> the dog's, oh, my gosh. No. When you like your dog, like you get down. Yeah, they're dog, looking in your face. And then and the dog comes you out. make that noise and they're like, we're going <laughs> to. I, I think you want me to lick God, you. I think no. that's got to be what they think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll lick you now. It's universal. Dogs seem to know. That's the universal language. It is, right? They, just, they do so much with their mouths, right? That's how they communicate with each other. Mm. And, and then when they clean their butts with that tongue, and then they want to kiss you with it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's no. the part that I'm never okay with. Yeah. Because no. like, she'll be like, oh, the dog's uh. clean. And I'm like, I saw the dog five minutes ago what the dog was doing. When's yeah. the best it's time to <laughs> neuter or spay? To neuter or spay? Neuter or spay. Well, it, it depends on the size of the dog. The general recommendation we say is six months. Uh, you start spaying and neutering them. Some of my larger breeds, uh, because they grow so much quicker and they need those hormones to help with the growth of their muscles. I, you know, I sometimes I might wait a year on them. So I noticed this morning my five month old is now humping a towel that I was mm. pulling from him. Oh, thank God you brought that up. I was yeah. just about to ask yeah. that, but I wasn't sure. What I'm talking about my puppy, not not a child. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm. That's what I'm wondering yeah. too, because she just started doing that. She's and humping. Klein thinks it's hilarious, and I'm like, she's really happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's just really happy. So he was going for broke on this towel. And, yeah. uh, I'm like, should I go and get him neutered? Would that help that at all? Or is he just hey, it could. It could, it could definitely right? help. Sometimes it's yeah. a dominant thing too sometimes there's a take that way. towel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's owning that towel that may that puts things in perspective thank yeah, you yeah you're welcome anytime yeah. can help out so sometimes it's dominant it's like when the dog you have a guest over to your home and yeah. dog's like, it's turn around <laughs> it's very inappropriate yeah man and be humping my guests, bro. Down, dog. Oh gosh. Yeah. Oh, no. what, 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 I'm gonna ask you another question. What's the <laughs> best way to train a dog not to poop there, but to poop there? <laughs> it's a lot of it's uh, repetition and yeah. positive reinforcement. So when they are doing going in that area, you want them to, to go in, giving them treats, attention, anything that is kind of a positive re reinforcement for them, so that they catch on that. Oh, when I go here. I'm getting, you know, I'm getting rewarded for that versus if I go over here, I'm being ignored and I'm not getting that attention. So yeah, yeah. that's, you know, that's, that's the most basic. I've tried, I've seen him when he's in the act and I'm like, Oh, right before it drops, I'm like picking him up or trying to get him out of there and move him to the right spot. Right. 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 But that's just awkward and it's going to cause a mess at some point. <laughs> so, or you're training the dog to be like, Josh loves to pick me up when I go. Poop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go 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 be, yeah, yeah, be picked uh, up. You looking? <laughs> Make my dog contact. gets so excited he starts peeing when he's excited uh, yeah, and yeah. that's normal right just like it, it is it's like it's for like dogs a, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm talking about for me 
No. I can't really say that for you, but yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I can definitely be normal and hopefully they grow out of it. I mean, yeah, yeah, not yeah. normal for you, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I let him in the other day yeah. just in the house for a minute. I'm like, come on in, buddy. It's like, good to see you, good to see you. It just squirts right up in the sky, just yeah. all over the kitchen floor. <laughs> this yep. is like a pet talk with yeah. Dr. Singh. I like the pet talk angle here. Yeah, yeah. People could send in the questions. We have a caller, send, caller send coming in, calling in. We have a caller coming in. Hi, my name's Call about my puppy. I got a question. When and why, and is there a reason that some dogs get their tails cut off and some dogs don't yeah what's up with that what it's it's really all a cosmetic so, no so some no. owner somewhere some owner's like you know what be cool no tail yeah, <laughs> that's the only it's reason oh and God. that yeah really for the most part that's really because my little is. dog has no tail yeah. are there some dogs that have i mean no some tail? are born there okay. are some that are yeah. born with that because i didn't chop it off or nothing i don't yeah. want to see my dog's butthole i just want to see the tail well, if it's wagging, it's, I can't help you. Let's move on from that one. Yeah, the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's staying. I had uh, no idea about this. I'm so mm. obsessed about that. Yeah, so if you ever seen the dogs with like the stumpy tail? Yeah, I thought they were just like that. We're not born that way. They're not no, born that way. Nope. It's not Lady Gaga. They're not born that way. <sighs> Somebody thought it would look cool, that. and that's all that goes <laughs> yeah. into it. Why would they? This do dog that? is nearly perfect. Tail too long. Chop it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Such, mm. Do you guys do the yeah. cosmetic surgery for dogs? Oh yeah, do you do remove tails? <sighs> Yes, I do. I will admit, I do. That's I will not crop ears. I think cropping, like the ear in the ears. Oh, I don't know what ear cropping. So is. ear cropping is, you know, like Dobermans. You know how some of them will have floppy ears and some of them are standing up straight. Mm -hmm. You have to do a surgery to make those stand up straight. Oh, really? And I will not. That's one surgery I won't do. So um, like you remove some of the cartilage so that it won't flop down. Yeah, yeah. There's certain ways you cut it that it stands up. Yeah. Mm. So I, I personally will not. Actually, I think a lot of it. There's. It's very rare to find a veterinarian that'll actually do that now just because the puppy has to be usually do like four months or so and this is a you know it's it's a it's all cosmetic for that so it's you, you know when i dock a tail for a puppy they're three to five days old that's so, the right word yeah, dock so a tail not yeah. cut it off it's like dock circumcising so <laughs> exactly it's kind of like circumcising so yeah. you know they so you know i mean I, you know i put lidocaine i try to make it as comfortable as I can of course them, light a candle put on some yarn exactly yeah you know common <laughs> music you know talk to them very sweetly yeah give them some cbd yeah. oil yeah yeah and breeds that that's traditional for then dobermans i would say dobermans and rottweilers are probably the two, i have the to two bigger ones i have a venture dog. a guess on that it's bigger dogs and i wonder if people aren't sick of the dog knocking over crap when they get excited yeah mm. oh, or yeah. whapping a little kid in the face like if you got little kids and you've ever seen like <laughs> oh yeah smack because like big dogs like labs like they all keep their tails right people don't right and uh they don't dock the tails of, of labs but like when my kids were little uh lori's parents always had big old playful golden retriever and labs and dogs like that and they would always just be wagging in, the kids in the face for just like and they get excited and they'd be like ah, just slapping home <laughs> yeah makes sense it's been awesome talking <laughs> to you thank you oh, so much thank for you being for having me maddie thanks it. for coming back in it's always great when you're with us thanks for having me so much Yep, we'll put links in the show to calls for Pauls and uh, Peak City Veterinary Hospital and mm -hmm. all the goodness that we've provided today in the show can be yours. All right, thank you. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Get unstuck, tell a better story, and have a good answer to the question, what are you doing today?